All right, we're live here at the station of decapitation without your head. I'm Nasty Neil, and I believe Terrible Troy is now with us. Now I feel bad that I hit uh, go live before he's completely connected. Are you with us, Troy? I am. I hear you. Excellent, excellent. And joining us here for our uh, Women in Horror Month, we have author and actress Tanya Todd. It's very nice to have you here. Meow. Thank you for having me. I like the meow. (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of my thing. All right. All right. Yeah. Well, you got cats. We, uh, by the way, I, I mentioned before we went live, but I watched your, uh, your cat blooper video and it was very, (laughs) it's interesting trying to do auditions when you have cats in the house. (laughs) Right. Yeah. I used to have a cat when we first started the show. I had her for actually, since I was in junior high at over 20 years. But we weren't on video then, but I, often I would be holding the cat during the uh, during the audio shows. As you should. You know, I used to put up a fake wall, well, like a uh, cardboard, but she would climb up over it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> know your place, Neil. Exactly. Absolutely. Well, I saw the trailer for Demon Pit. Is that uh, when is that trailer going to be available for everyone else? I don't know. They're not telling me anything. You know how it goes. You film it, you go away, and then eventually it comes out. Stuff happens then. Yes. We're in the stuff happens here part of the (laughs) But it's a great cast, and the trailer looks very cool. And your makeup looks awesome. Oh, thank you. It's it's nice when you get to work on a set where they have a really good makeup artist, and she was wonderful. Have you done a lot of um, movies where you had to wear a lot of makeup? No, I don't usually have to wear a ton because I'm, you know, with this one, there's a transformation. So you had to put a lot more on. That's the the longest I've had to do makeup. But Mm -hmm. we were that day we were behind. And so it was she's trying to hurry up and put the stuff on me. And it was a freezing day. Like the wind was going. And I don't know if you noticed the lack of outfit I was wearing and I had to right. keep putting on the makeup and going outside. So it would dry. It's like, it's so cold out here. <laughs> I'm wearing a curtain, you know, <laughs> which is worse if it's really cold out or if it's really hot. No, when you're really filming. hot, it's really worse hot. if it's really hot. You can put more clothes on. If you're cold, you can wear a robe or a jacket, but you can only get so naked. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't, yeah. You don't want to start peeling your skin off or anything. Right. <laughs> They frown on that. So right. depending so on what, the movie. Yeah. <laughs> very, very true. What was the process like getting the makeup on? It was a rush to, to put that stuff on my arm. Really. They just put it on my arms to put it on my arms. It was, you have to put these like rubber gloves on and they, they form it to your body and then they kind of glue it to you and then paint over it and then kind of meld that into your skin. It's, I mean, I have no idea what I'm doing, so I wouldn't be able to recreate the process. And it was two people doing it. So I had the makeup artist who's the the one who did my face helping out. And then we had an actual special effects artist, and he was really cool. So once you get, uh, for any movie, once you're in costume or makeup and you see yourself, you know, in character, does that, does that change how you're going to play the character? You know, I usually arrive to set in character. I once I'm I'm given a role, I get a playlist together and I kind of get in the mood of this character. So when you're playing someone who might be a bit of a psycho, maybe my friends and family want to stay away from me for a little while because that's who I'm going to be. 
But for that particular role, there was no acting involved for that. (laughs) My nickname is already Dark Angel. So it's Dark Angel's The Demon Pit. And I'm playing Sekhmet, the Egyptian cat goddess. Well, I had just finished playing Cleopatra. I told you meow is kind of my thing. That wasn't a joke. I showed up on set and I said meow and they're like, oh, you're in character. No, it's just me. (laughs) Well, so in the I'll land of roles you were born to play, this right. is one of them. Yep. When she Not, asked, do you want to play this role? I was like, do, I'm already doing this. I might as well get paid for it. Yep. <laughs> did you know, uh, so how, how did you get involved in Demon Pit? I think you probably know Tim Chismar, don't you? The name, uh, I do know the name. I would have so to look. He, he referred me to Mindy Robinson. And she talked to me about it and I sent her my reel. And since I had just played Cleopatra, they could kind of see me in that type of role. And that's how it came to be. Now, were you always a horror movie fan? Yeah. Too young of an age. Right. <laughs> Same with Troy and I. Yeah. Our mom yeah. was a big horror movie fan. So there's no glad. censorship when I grew up, you know, <laughs> So then I assume your, your family school with you uh, pursuing uh, making horror movies. Yes, very much so. Which, which uh, like, what, what was your first love? Because it said author and um, an actor. So uh, I started as an author. For? I mean, I, when I was little, I used to imitate animals a lot. <laughs> You'd be really surprised to find that I imitated cats. Right. But it wasn't just cats. You know, I do horses and all kinds of stuff. And then I started imitating characters that I would see. But it didn't occur to me that I could do that for a living. It was just something to do for fun. But I loved writing stories. And I particularly liked writing stories about girls who overcame the limitations that people placed on them, which makes it really cool to be here for Women in History Month because... That's exactly what the kind of thing you're trying to celebrate is women overcoming that stigma. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I didn't think I could become an author. You don't see a lot of people who look like me and maybe you do more nowadays, but you didn't always. So it didn't feel like something that was available to me, but I could still write stories, but I ended up having this dream that manifested into, like it started off as fan fiction because it was a dream about existing characters. I used to put on these really extravagant Halloween parties that would be themed and everyone would, you know, have specific characters and show like we did a Marvel party and I was going to be storm for that party and, you know, storm with Loki. And I ended up having a dream about that. Not about the party, about the characters and it wouldn't leave me alone. So I started writing it. I didn't know what fan fiction was. It was just the story that kept bothering me. So I wrote it and I wrote it and I kept having these things that were like, this isn't those characters. So I'll just put that to the side because it won't stop eating at me. Now I'm trying to write the story. Well, this is another thing. And eventually this other thing took over and I just wrote this whole other story that had nothing to do with Storm and Loki other than their, their personalities and their, the way they look are kind of the archetypes for my characters. So that can give you a little bit about their personalities, but there's no special powers in the story that I wrote. And that character ended up becoming an actress in the book. Well, I wasn't an actor at the time, but it sort of manifested into my life. My boss came to me and said, I'm sorry, I have to let you off. I can't pay you anymore, but 
I have this friend who's an actress and a model, and I think you'd be really good at that. So he introduced me to her. He had no idea about the book. (laughs) I hadn't told anyone I was writing it yet. You know, it was a secret. And so it, now I'm an actress, you know, uh-huh. yeah. a little serendipity, nothing wrong with yeah. that. <laughs> so when you started acting, um, did you find it was something that you felt you were good at right away and that you also enjoyed right away? I enjoyed it. I never feel like I'm good at something. <laughs> I just don't want to ask someone because uh, yeah. I guess if someone's like, oh, yeah, I was great at it right away. It's like, oh, I don't know about this person. But yeah. You can always be better. Mm-hmm. It, it was well received i'll put it that way but it was something you enjoyed right away you're like oh this is something yeah I yeah i love it i love telling stories i love embracing characters and playing different roles is it the same um uh writing and acting is it the same uh feeling like you're you're creating you know, something there are a lot of similarities because you have to know so much about your character's backstory that may not make it onto screen or it may not make it onto the page, but you have to know the motivations behind certain, certain actions, certain phrases. So even if it's not something that you wrote, you need to know what happened before your character got to this place. And that is something I learned from writing that I was able to pull into acting. It helps me to really understand my character and sit in my character But something that I got from acting that I put into my writing is going out into the field as the character. You know, let's test this character in the real world and see how people respond to her. Well, I've done that with my writing and gone out there and tried these different characters like, oh, these people don't like when someone treats them like this. Or I was told that people would think she's a bitch if she acts like this, but they are falling right into line, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Have you uh, written for yourself, like written a character for yourself to play? Yes, I have. I, I wrote my first two shorts this year. Oh, cool. One of, I want to nice. direct both of them, but I only want to play one of the characters. The other one, she isn't me. I mean, there are pieces of her that are me, but her love interest is actually more in line with the kind of person I am than she is. But I, I still want to direct it, and it's, it's in the revision process right now. I actually have it in a few people's hands waiting for feedback, you know, the, the precious notes that you get to yeah. improve it. Um, have you directed before? No, this will be my, my first time directing, well, other than bossing oh, so everybody around in my exciting. life. <laughs> <laughs> you feel, you know, being on set, uh, you know, helps you, at least in theory, like kind of understand what you'd be doing as a director. Yes, in theory, because I did not go to school to be a director. I don't have any cinematographer training. I'm, I'm definitely aware that that is a craft and a skill that I do not possess. But I do think that I can bring life to characters and I can help other people to do that. You know, I've helped coach people. So I think I possess skills on set that could bring a team together, that can bring a vision together. But I won't claim that I have cinematic skills and that I would be able to run the camera by any means. That's why I need someone smart enough on the team to do that for me. (laughs) Well, I assume, you know, a lot of people, you know, uh, from the film world. I do. I'm very blessed with that. And, uh, I, was it during COVID that you started to, to write the, uh, the scripts for the shorts? It was, 
I was supposed to play, I told you I played Cleopatra, but I was supposed to be debuting that character on stage March 15th of 2020. And that is the day they shut, shut it down. We did the dress rehearsal the day before and we're all ready to go. And then the venue said, sorry, we can't do it. Almost two years ago. This was two years ago. So, you know, with a movie, there's a lot of prep that goes into it. But with a play, there are months of just rehearsal time. Yeah. It's you have to know every line inside and out. It's not like you can bone up before you go out there and perform it. No, you need to know it. You're because you don't get a break. You don't get off screen. You know, (laughs) there's Mm -hmm. no touching it up. You must be completely off book. And to the point where, hey, someone messes up their line, well, you can ad-lib to fix it. And this is Shakespeare, so you better be able to really ad-lib. So we spent, it was heartbreaking. We spent months and months preparing for this. And the day of the show, they pulled it away. But how upset can you be when people were dying? You know, like they didn't know what was going on in the world. Everyone was confused. So then you can't even you feel like you don't even have a right to be upset. <laughs> and two days later, Vegas shut down, the casino shut down. And that was just, I have never seen this in my life. Yeah. It's one thing other, you know, that's a definitely a place you don't uh, foresee ever shutting down. Vegas. Right. Vegas went dark on March 17th. <laughs> so it's yeah. the anniversary of that. Mm-hmm. Is, did, did the play ever come back? We ended up filming it. So it's not a spectacular rendition of it because it's not like we had time to prepare a movie team around it. It's essentially a play recorded, a standing camera, but we got to share it with a lot more people than we would have if we had done it in person because people all over the world could see it. And, you know, we had thousands of views when we aired it live through Facebook and eventually they put it on YouTube so people can still see it there. Oh, cool. Let's have to check that out. It's Bard you- at the Bar. You can find it on YouTube at Bard at the Bar. All right. Was that your first time that you were going to do a, a live play? No. Oh, you've done. No. It, it was my first time playing Cleopatra, though. Right, I mean, right. she, she's amazing. And she's still with me. She's one of those characters who changed my life. Now, if I'm ever nervous before I go on set or if I have some kind of presentation I'm giving in the writing world, I just bring out my inner Cleopatra and remember that I'm a queen. And they are all lucky to have me there with them, which may not be how I feel, but <laughs> <laughs> it helps. Right. But if I go yeah, into the sometimes room, sometimes you like need that. that, I bet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Andrew in the uh, chat, uh, he wants to know, uh, do you have a dream role in the horror genre? In the horror genre? Well, I, I'm very fond of vampires. So some sort of vampire queen. I can see that. Yeah. No, not necessarily one who's named already. Maybe one that I write. There you go. Oh, that's all right. Too. Yeah. Can you do a good meow besides just saying meow? Can you, actually <laughs> like you mean like Michelle Pfeiffer? <laughs> right. yeah. She's my favorite Catwoman, And I don't know if you realize this on set. She did the whole whip scene with the mannequins in one take, but the meow, it was like hundreds, hundreds <laughs> of meows. Uh-huh. I think it's pretty hard to do a good meow. Right. I mean, it has to be authentic. It's not something you just say. You have to feel it. <laughs> yep. So I don't want to put you on uh, the spot. I always liked the Eartha Kit, like Meow, back in the old Batman, you know, the 66 <laughs> Batman. 
<laughs> she had the purr down. Yeah, she definitely did. The purr is hard to do. I used to be able to do a good, a pretty good meow when I had cats around. But if you don't have the cats around, it's hard to uh, to remember how to do it. <laughs> I did actually. I, I scared Dean Kane on set of that movie that we were talking about yeah. because he didn't hear that I was in the room and that there's all these mazes where we were filming. Mm-hmm. So I went through and he's standing in a doorway and I need to get through. I need to get to where my costume is. So I'm waiting. He's having a conversation. And I realized the only way I'm going to get through is if I let him know I'm here. So I said, meow. And he just <laughs> jumped. So Catwoman scared Superman. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> so, um, you know, you this is uh, Women in uh, History Month, Women in Horror Month. Um, how, is, how has that changed over the time you've been in movies? Like, uh, what changes have you seen being a woman? I've seen a lot more support. Before it used to be, well, if you're a woman, count on not having anyone assisting you and people assuming the worst, thinking that you can't do things. And I've definitely seen support and allies coming together, women on women support and men helping. Like it's just, there's a different attitude now. You see a lot of organizations coming together to assist. There's Woku, there's women in film. And then just people I know in the media who are making efforts like what you're doing, celebrating the month and bringing awareness to it. Mm-hmm. Now, um, and, and you don't just interview women during March, you know? <laughs> no, 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 exactly. It's uh, sometimes it's uh, I even think like it's a little weird to ask, like to be on, but because we do have, uh, you know, everyone on. No, it's 11 right. months, just men after that. <laughs> That's the rest of the year. Yeah, but no, I, I yeah, it's a it's a good thing, and I've only asked this because you mentioned that you did you didn't really see people who look like you um, in movies. And a few weeks ago, um, we had Monique Dupree on, and she said something I didn't really think about. And she said that um, when she started to do movies, a lot of people would say she wasn't like she wasn't dark enough, she wasn't the right shade. Yeah. Is that something that definitely that you dealt with? On both sides, it's like I'm half black, I'm half white, but I can't pass for either. I'm ethnically ambiguous, which on paper sounds great unless, well, we need you to fit into a family and you just don't. You don't fit into anybody's family. Now, if you look at my real family, we are all different shades. (laughs) (laughs) I have Latino people in my family. I have white people. I have black people. They are all different shades of dark. So I don't know what families these people are referencing, but my family has all different colors. My brother is very white, but he's still my brother and we are still biological siblings. Is that something that's uh, changed at all over uh, the last few years? Only incrementally. I've seen changes in commercials. Like they're trying to make commercials look like real families now and real people, not just super thin people. But just mm-hmm. everyone, all different ages and sizes and groupings and pairings. But and I've seen efforts, but sometimes we aren't run into the reverse thing, whereas there is a certain point where, oh, we need someone diverse. And that would mean someone no darker than I am, which come on now, <laughs> like that's the best you can do. Mm-hmm. And now it's, oh, you're not quite dark enough. Because we don't want it to look like we're just putting the lightest possible shade of brown on screen. 
Yes. Yeah, That's so. tough either way then. Right. But you know what? I'm happy to make space for everyone. Yeah. If that's your reason, then I'm not the right person for it. I also like you said what you said about uh, you know, bigger people, smaller people, short people. Right. Um, I, I honestly, to me, it also makes a more realistic movie. Exactly. If everyone looks like a supermodel. Right. You're going. Oh, okay. This girl is having guy trouble. She can't find. Right. Her. Right. Right. <laughs> It'd be one uh, thing if they were saying that she can't find someone she likes, but they make yeah. it seem like, oh, she can't find someone who wants her. Come yeah. on. Or, yeah, that was the been... problem with like the new Carrie. And it's like, oh, yeah, this chick's real unpopular. OK. I can right. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you should always be in the movies. The girl would have a ponytail and, sun- and glasses on and then, right. you know, and then she'd take them off and instantly she'd and, be. Oh, wow. She's so pretty <laughs> without glasses. Right. <laughs> But she like was pretty with them too. <laughs> right, right. So, uh, Wild Within. Uh, this was great. I really, uh, not just because you're on here, I really like this short. I'm yeah, glad you liked it. Yeah. So, it's currently at festivals, which is, is yes. always fun. I miss going to festivals. I'll be going to them soon. It's doing pretty well, too. And uh, did you get to attend any of the festivals to, to watch it with an audience? I saw one here in Las Vegas, the Sin City Horror Festival. And I was supposed to go to one. I don't remember where it was, but I ended up, I was filming, so I couldn't do it. And it, it did well there too. I think it was Franklin is the one that I was supposed to go to, okay. but I didn't get to attend. And what a wonderful reason to miss on an event. You're filming. I can handle right, that. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, is that, fun? what's that experience like to watch uh, your, your film, you know, at a festival? You know, the best part is when you get to sit in the back and just, observe the audience and see how they're responding to what's happening on screen. And, you know, as you saw, my character is a little different. Mm -hmm. And afterward at the Sin City Festival, I had people saying, why did you do that? (laughs) And I don't want to give anything away. Yeah. I don't want to spoil it, but yeah, (laughs) yeah, it was great. It was, uh, uh, so how did you Yeah, it's, and I, I say because it's really three. It is just three. I was gonna say it's basically three, but it is really three yes. actors, in the, and uh, they do a lot um, with the with the with the time in the movie with three people. They keep it really. Yeah, Ryan's a really good writer, and Brain Puddle. They are pretty awesome. I I cannot wait to work with them again because they know what they're doing. They have a great team all the way around. You know, they're good with sound. They're good with the cameras. They're good with the writing, and they're good with their promotions. That's they an do excellent name to too, Brain Puddle. <laughs> it is. It's a really cool name. <laughs> <laughs> so did you know them be- before Wild Within? I met one of them in my acting class. I met the rest of them through this film. And that's how yeah. I was introduced to them is because of the guy in my acting class, Jordan. They were looking for someone to play my character, Laura. And so I auditioned for them. Apparently, they liked it. And so one of the reasons they have three characters is because of COVID. You know, they're trying to keep the set and the the cast low so that there's less exposure. When we filmed that, there was no vaccine or or anything available. That that was in October of 2020. And so we just had to be very careful. (laughs) Yeah, but uh, it was smart, though. They they wrote a story that you only need three characters. It's not like you're watching and thinking, why aren't there more people around? It was... uh, it, it fit in, in the story you were yeah, telling. Yeah, it made sense. Yeah. 
Uh, the director, uh, Victor T- Tapia, um, mm-hmm. what was he like to work with? He's really nice, and uh, he cooked for us. It was delicious. Oh, excellent. <laughs> That's always a plus. It yeah. was actually spectacular. <laughs> <laughs> was it meat? It was. Fair enough. <laughs> And um, uh, the two actors in it, uh, Clay, Clay and Ryan, uh, both of them were great in the movie. They are. Yeah, Clay is a sweetheart. When we were doing some of the, the photography that was going to be on set, I tried to warn him, I'm heavier than I look. And he's like, come on, look at me. He's a big guy. And he just lifted me right yeah, up. Like I was yeah, just people haven't seen his very big man. <laughs> at least he looked like it in the movie. Yeah. But he's very gentle. He's such a sweetheart. He loves animals. Like he's, he's a wonderful guy. And then Ryan is a sweetheart too. I don't want to give anything away about the the movie, but we had to spend some time getting right. to know each other so that we were comfortable working with each other. And he was great. I have a podcast, the mm-hmm. 52 Love Podcast, and he and his wife were a guest on my show. And I'm like in love with them as a couple because they're so adorable. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's very cute. Um, when you film a, a love scene, uh, what, what's the vibe like on set? I guess it wasn't a huge, uh, a lot of people there. No, there weren't a lot of people there. It's, it's never fun. You know, it's, it's always awkward. It's work. Mm-hmm. Like it's never something that is exciting to do. You know, when you're going to do a fight scene, you get excited. You're like, yeah, I'm going to kick some butt today. I'm going to do this choreography. But something like that, you're just like, uh, I hope I don't look stupid. <laughs> you know? <laughs> right. Is it weird to watch too? Um, uh, um, especially yeah. on the screen, I guess. With people. It's a fast forward kind of situation. <laughs> and the fast forward, just that looks. fast forward over this part. Uh, great music in uh, in the movie too. Wild with it. Yeah, they did a really a really nice job with that. Yeah, and it looks great. Honestly, everything about it was really good. Uh, were you there when it when it was mostly the the two uh, the two male actors? No. No, I filmed all of my scenes in two days. So that must have been cool, though, to get when you watch the finished product. Oh, yeah. It's like, oh, and just, you know, some of the drone shots, some of the things that they pulled off. It's like, that is really cool. Yeah. I'm a big even, fan even of... Even shot out of the, the side mirror, I don't know if you caught that. They filmed the mirror driving away from me, and they got that shot. It's like, man, that was really well done. Well, I didn't know. That's interesting. Yeah. I like short films in, uh, you know, obviously not every short film, but I like short films in general. And I'm, I'm happy that they're, they become more popular. I think with the rise of festivals and yeah, and they're starting to be, you know, shutter has some and Amazon, you know, there's actually some homes for them. Right. Yeah. I've watched a few on Amazon, some good ones too. Yeah. Cause it used to be after the festival run, they'd kind of just disappear. Mm-hmm. Maybe someone put them on YouTube, but you know, a lot of times, if I once they played the festival, that was the end of them. You could have a nice, tight story. You're mm-hmm. not sitting there too long. It doesn't take too much of your day. Yeah, I always think it's it's good because uh, I don't mind long movies either. I know some people are against a long movie. If it's a good movie, yeah. it's fine. But yeah, if you I, I don't think, notice the length, then great. You know. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, a movie or story should just be the length it needs to be. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Keep you engaged. Yeah. It, especially I, if it keeps you wanting more, you know, you're like, right. just break, keep it coming, keep it coming. You know? yeah. What's the is last it, good movie you saw? Hmm. What did I see? I, I go to the movies almost every weekend. Um, 
did I see last week? Did I see the Batman last week or is that the week before? Um, it came out the week of March 4th. Yeah, so, so I think that I, would... I saw it the week before. I don't think I saw it. I don't think I went last week. I think all the new, I think X and, uh, and uh, those Korean horror movies, I think they both opened this. Mm. Oh, Master. I really like Master. That starts, it might have just started on, um, or this week, I think it starts on Amazon. Okay. But I did the interview for it. I get to see the the um, the screener. It I think it yeah it starts tomorrow. It's a limited theatrical release tomorrow, and it's also going to be on Amazon Prime. But I really liked it a lot. What about you, Troy? Trying to think. Um, hmm, that's a good question. I think it's uh, as far as a new movie goes. That's a little more difficult because I've been. Um, well, just the last really good movie you saw for oh, the okay. first time. Oh, for the first time. Okay. Um, it was the standalone uh, Kingdom movie, uh, Korean film. I can't remember the name of it. It's Kingdom something or other. Kingdom something. Okay. It's, well, yeah, I'll it's, keep an eye out for it's, that. <laughs> it's the prequel to uh, to the series Kingdom, which, okay. which is on oh, Netflix. It. It's real good. Kingdom with the Zombies. It's real good, Neil. That's a oh. good Korean show. And then the movie before, was kind but, of the prequel to the show. Yeah. So that was. How about, well, how about yourself, Tony? Yeah, how about what, you? What you say is the last good movie you saw. It would have to be the Batman because that's the last movie I saw. And I thought it was pretty good. Yeah. I love the, the ambiance of it. And I really enjoyed the music. I yeah, like I thought, dark films like that. I really and they, like they uh, the Riddler. I really, th- uh, I was funny because from the. From the trailer, I was like, I don't know about the Riddler. doesn't look too great. But uh, in the movie, I thought he's great. Well, I didn't watch the trailer because I do not watch trailers before. I'm trying. That's a big thing I like about festivals. Usually you go in cold to the movies so you don't know anything about them. And you yeah. can really enjoy a movie a lot more without knowing anything about it. And it's sometimes difficult to stay away from leaks, especially when you're an actor and you're getting notifications sometimes i know who's going to be in a marvel film because of a casting call it's oh, like, right. oh i didn't want to oh, know okay. this but hey i'm getting this casting <laughs> call you know <laughs> it's, a, it's a fair trade-off but yeah. yeah i go to the movies uh i'm going tomorrow too every fr- usually every friday and i do the amc thing so i get three movies so the but the point was i'll see like loads of trailers every week so it's kind of hard to say i bring headphones and close my eyes i do not watch the trailers at the beginning oh that's great i don't want any spoilers i you know i'm an author i give away the whole movie apart yeah i know how it's going to end when i see (laughs) just a flash of something so it's like oh i just i don't want to know anything (laughs) yep i want to enjoy the film yeah and uh troy's um as i mentioned troy's my older brother so he's always a big uh, comic book fan so it's really exciting uh for troy to all the marvel movies have come about the last oh, few years it's a and great he, time to be troy's a big thanos tattoo that he got way before thanos was on <laughs> yeah. and now i assume everyone who sees it just they just think oh he got that because of uh yeah my timing's always weird it's like i think i got the uh the doctor strange just before the movie came out Right. Your prescient, well, your prescient tattoos. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And you have Adam Warlock, too. He's, I think yeah. he's going to be in the next. Uh, I'm hoping so. Yeah. Like the next Guardians or something. Yeah. So no, uh, it was Ashen of the North. That's the name of uh, okay. the standalone King oh, okay. movie. Thank you. 
<laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> so were you a Storm fan from the X-Men movies or, or are you also a comic book fan? I'm a comic book nerd. Nice. Well, that's good. I, I, I like to see that. I like Storm before the movie. <laughs> yeah. No, I think that's good. I also do think uh, obviously people like these movies. And I, I, um, even if you don't like them, I do, I do get a little tired of people who will say, like, you know, the, they, they don't want to see more Marvel movies. Or whatever. Well, you can and just not go see them. See them. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yep. <laughs> If you don't like country music, turn it to a different station on the yeah. radio. You know, it's like okay, but don't fault others because they enjoy them. <laughs> yep. Yeah, because I when I go, I'll see small independent movies. I'll see the big right. blockbuster movies. I just like to watch movies. So exactly. But you should, if you do like to see the small movies, you have to go see them when they're playing, uh, so you can support them. Exactly. So that they're, they're not going to play them if no one's going to see it. You know. Yep. Which, you know, it's been tougher to do that the last couple of years. That used to be a thing I did regularly is go to the little independent theater. It's not as comfortable as the the cushy, (laughs) the recliner theater, but you still have to go and support them when they're in the theater. I've actually driven to L.A. to see independent films just to support them and because I want to see them on the big screen and they're not playing. Yeah, Yeah, it's always so amazing to see them on the big screen. Right. There are some movies that you just need to see in that environment. Yeah, there's, uh, to me, there's no comparison to the big, the bigger, uh, you know, watching it. I don't, I can't understand people watch a movie on their phone, but. Oh, I know. I like, I just either. won't do it. People send me videos on my, like, I'm just not going to watch it here. I yeah. refuse. Yeah. That was why I could have watched the video you sent me when I was at the coffee shop. I was like, <laughs> I get home and it's because it's not the same. Watch it on my phone. No, it isn't. Yeah, but yeah, I, I have a couple theaters I really like up in Boston too. But I go to the AMC to see the big movies. But mm-hmm. um, uh, there's one in uh, I'll just say their names quick so people can check them out from the Boston area. Uh, Coolidge Corner, cool, and they do a thing, uh, Coolidge After Midnight, which is really fun. A lot of uh, mm-hmm. original 35 millimeter, and oh, that's uh, cool. Yeah, it's yeah. really fun. And it's it's like you were saying, like where you've got. A hundred-year-old seats in a hundred-year-old theater, so right. not the most comfy seats, but it's yeah. it's fine if they're showing the original King Kong and you're watching it. It's you get yeah, blown. you're not there for the seats. You could exactly. have stayed on your couch if you wanted a comfy seat. You're there yep. for the movie. Every Halloween they do a twelve-hour horror movie marathon, so it's midnight till noon the next day. And I will say, twelve hours of seats aren't the most comfortable, but it is a very <laughs> yeah. fun experience. And don't they give you cereal in the in the morning? Well, that's at the other one. That's oh, okay. at, um, at no, the Brattle. This last time, because they didn't do it last year because of COVID, but uh, this, well, the year before. But last year, they, it was the first time they came back. And they it was a restaurant that was next door, and they made um, crepes. Oh, that that's nice. really cool. <laughs> they fed and, you. Yeah. It sounds like you need a pillow <laughs> and a blanket for something like that. Oh, yeah. my friend Annabelle yep. actually does always bring a pillow and a blanket. <laughs> usually will pick a movie that she might not want to watch and might take a little nap during the 12 hours. I'm just thinking sitting in those seats for 12 hours, I, I would don't think I could eventually get too uncomfortable without something. Yeah, I get up and walk around between movies. Well, you see, with Neil, he used to have the padding when he was 180 pounds heavier than <laughs> yeah, he is. Yeah, and now he hides in the seat you. better. Thank but. you. <laughs> it's actually more comfortable now. <laughs> 
but yeah, sitting, uh, there's less padding in my exterior. So sometimes sitting on like on this other chair, it's not as comfortable. But, Once yeah. again, there's a trade-off, right? There are blessings. <laughs> yeah. right. I, I won't complain though. Yeah. No, exactly. It's expensive buying new clothes all the time, but again, I won't. I won't uh, complain. About what a wonderful that. problem to have. Exactly. Yes. Very well put. Uh, Jason Butler, where would you like to film if there's no restrictions? Country, city, etc. Mm, London. I love the environment oh, there. God. I like the weather. The only problem is the humidity in my hair, and I will deal with that problem. <laughs> yep. Plus, the people are so polite there. Yeah, I love London, and I, I only oh, yeah. I've only been there once, and people always talk that the food's bad. I don't think I had a bad meal. I thought all the food. <laughs> <laughs> that might have been one of those things, maybe thirty years ago or something. Maybe the the food was bad, you know, but. It's changed. Well, the pastries are amazing. Oh, Try yeah. those. You know, get good coffee. Get good hot oh, chocolate. Yeah. Donor kebab, I really like. Uh, and I tried all the bangers and mash. I tried all, all the. <laughs> all the it was. I liked everything. And that was for um. That's a big festival. The Freight Fest. Yeah, that was Freight Fest. That was really fun. In a way, though, I do actually like um, the smaller festivals are better to me because it's like everyone's together on one screen and there's something yeah. about watching the movies yeah. all together. There's better networking and the, just the community feels tighter for something like that. You don't miss anything. You don't have to kind of pick and choose. Right. Like, yeah, I don't want to miss are, this one. And uh, yeah. yeah, they'll show this, they'll show multiple screens and they're playing at the same time. So you have to kind of, right. So um, were you doing festivals before? Um, before uh, Wild Within was doing the festivals? No, I don't think I had anything in a festival before them. But had you just gone to them at all or anything? Or is that yeah, like. I would go to it? support people. I mean, if I did, I've already forgotten about it. It's like, it's so funny. <laughs> I'm, I'm so busy and I have a thousand things going on. Sure. And I was like, I'm going to be interviewed live. I better know what's going on in my life. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Because I filmed all these things so long ago, <laughs> I don't want to forget someone's name or <laughs> right, a project. Right. You know. Yeah. Yep. So what what was it about horror movies? Um, so I assumed you just like movies or stories. Yeah, I, I, I love movies in general, but I mean it's fun to be scared and think about how you would change the situation. I had a crush on Pinhead, you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting because I uh, I don't have a crush on Pinhead, but nothing against him. Why not? He's hot. He's a, and he's got a great he's got a great present, great voice, Doug Bradley. Yes, and that yes, Doug Bradley's got the great. Yeah, maybe I'll maybe I'll uh, rethink this whole thing. But. <laughs> and his outfit, like yeah. who doesn't like latex, you know? <laughs> but there's a lot of times I watch a movie and I do think about like how could you, how could you like how could the the character avoid like the main villain like how could they become fr like friends or like kind of i don't know that's how something i think about a lot rather, than, watch rather than being in opposition how could they team up what could what could we do to change the story how yeah. could this person get the upper hand you know, i'm usually rooting for the villain in these situations because oh. the heroes are so stupid you know it's like <laughs> what are you doing you deserve yeah. to die you know yep. <laughs> it's hard to be sympathetic then right yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm. I, it's because there's only a few villains that like you really. Uh, game of the Game of Thrones had the who's the young king like. Oh, it's hard Joffrey. to Joffrey. Yeah, Joffrey was. They made him hateable. They yeah. definitely yeah. did. 
Well, then even um, Stannis Baratheon's bastard there. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. He was maybe the worst character ever. Yeah, but it's very rare because usually... Are you uh, talking about Bolton? That's what I meant, Ramsey Bolton. Okay, I was uh, going to say. Yeah. <laughs> Not Stannis, yeah. But yeah, usually uh, I'm with Ramsey you. Ramsey like Bolton, Ramsey Snow, he was... Yep. He was well played, though. Oh, that kid. You did he not was great. forget his smile. Yep. yep. But that was my problem when I saw him again in um, in the Inhumans. I was like, wait a second. That, that's that's I will not never a trust that Maximus level. the Mad. You know, that's that's a Bolton's kid. Come on. I actually saw Game of Thrones before I saw Misfits. And he's one of the main characters. I was like, oh, he's a psycho. Oh, okay. <laughs> he's <a laughs> so psycho. he's always a psycho. Yeah. Right. Don't trust but, that but guy. He's one, he's one of the main characters. Yep. He was one of the main characters you're supposed to like. I was like, yeah, but he's a psycho. <laughs> Look at that smile. Never trust that smile. <laughs> yep. I told Trista kind of the same thing. Well, I saw her first in Echoes of Fear, and she's, uh, you know, the hero. And then I saw her in... Um, purgatory road and i think if i saw it reversed i would have been like i don't know if i can see her as the good right i don't think i want to partner with this person (laughs) (laughs) yeah so well who are uh, you mentioned uh pinhead but who are some of your favorite villains see i don't think of him as a villain you know the humans in those stories are awful i don't think awful i don't think he's really even evil till the third movie i think he's over right in the first like you, two movies, he's he's like a, a sad character where he's he's not don't really, mess with things you don't understand. There yeah. are consequences. Yeah, I think common he's, a neutral, sense. he's a neutral character, I think, in the first two. And there's a sadness to him because he doesn't. Right, which is hot. Broody is hot. OK, <laughs> <laughs> then there's Dracula. I don't think he's the villain. Van Helsing is the villain in that story. Yeah, he's the guy. He, it's, it's all about the, uh, the love for the I well, can't think that's no, the romanticized version but even in the book I don't consider him the villain and not to take away from that version I love that version mm-hmm. yeah that's an excellent movie but oh, yeah. I'm Hungarian so I'm also partial to the Dracula that most people knew the Bela Lugosi version because he's you know he's Hungarian royalty <laughs> Now, Bella goes to back here behind me, but uh, I'm a big fan of the universe. I, I don't. I think all the universal monsters are pretty sympathetic. Oh yeah, right. I mean, if you talk about Frankenstein's monster, he's the victim in that story. Oh yeah, yep. very sad. Yes, the creature from the Black Lagoon. All of that. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, monster movies. I tend to root for the monsters because if you think about it, the situation is not their fault, and it's some stupid human who created it. <laughs> yep. Yeah, the creature. I mean, you're invading his territory. Oh, yeah. Right. Kong, leave him on his island. Don't take exactly. him away. Just what leave him alone. Yes, yeah. I, I think we're both with you. So. Yep. <laughs> well, how yeah, about just... Godzilla your- wouldn't be messing with you if you weren't messing <laughs> with the yep. environment, you know? How about just horror movies in general? What are some of your favorites? Well, what were some of your favorites that got you into the genre? And what are some of your modern favorites? Well, I do like the Hellraiser series. I really like Freddy Krueger. He's scary in the first one, and then he gets funny, but I was able to enjoy both, you know? (laughs) I I agree with that as well, yeah. I always thought that Michael Myers and Fred, or not Freddy, Jason uh, Jason Voorhees, they are much scarier than 
Pinhead and Freddy. Because <laughs> you feel like you could have a conversation with them. Yeah, maybe you could talk but with Michael Myers and Jason. They're just, you just get. <laughs> and then no you look away here. and they're a little bit closer. And they're like, <laughs> we don't even need to run to kill you. Mm-hmm. That's how confident we are. <laughs> yep. That to me is scarier than any one line quip, you know? <laughs> yep, without a doubt. And uh, how about modern, uh, modern horror movies? Oh, I can't even think of any modern ones. I'm sure, like, I don't think of them as modern is what it is. Right. Give me some examples. I'll tell you if I like them or not. Well, if you like slasher films, I actually do. I think Terrifier is a good modern slasher film. Haven't seen that. I would oh, recommend Yeah, it. you should watch that one. That one's real, real good. Art the Clown's great. Yeah. And he's another one hard to, you know, negotiate with because he doesn't speak either. No, that's true. That's a good point. Yeah. I guess what it is, is I don't think of movies in terms, you know, it's like, I want to go see a good movie and sometimes yeah. it'll be a horror movie and it doesn't occur to me that, Oh yeah, this falls into the horror genre, yeah. you know, right? because I don't consider Dracula a horror figure, but vampires are pushed into that category. Yes. It could oh, be I a remember. complete I, mystery yeah. story. It could be a love story, yeah. but because there's a vampire in it, it's <laughs> considered horror, you know? When I, I remember now, last week I did go to the movies. I saw Studio 60, 666. It was the, the Foo Fighters horror movie. Oh, okay. How was it? It's very fun. It's a very fun movie. It's it's pretty silly, but it's it's a, it's a good time. It's fun. I can't even remember the last really scary movie that I saw. And I know yeah, I, I did really see, call it scary. It's, it's, it's a fun movie. It's but, funny. I yeah. did see something scary recently. And I, oh, you know, it was the haunting of Hill house. And it wasn't scary. Oh, so much as psychological. Yeah. Cause I was expecting it to be jump scare. You know, like I was told it's so terrifying that I thought it was going to be something that made me jump. Mm. There were two moments that were cheap moments that did that. <laughs> but really the scary thing was just the psychological factor. And the fact oh, yeah. that you're still thinking it's a mystery that you're still thinking about when you're not watching the episodes. So if it's bothering you when you're not watching that's that's more terrifying is that it's working on your brain and you're not putting it in front of you in the moment. Okay. So it was effective storytelling. Midnight Mass is really good. The series that was on Netflix. I'm told oh, yeah. that, that I need was to tremendous that too. too. Yeah, I really great vampire it. series. You'll you'll take it. I think. Oh yeah, it yeah. might be a spoiler. In way, but... Oh yeah, geez, sorry. It was. I didn't know. <laughs> like, oh, uh, so on the one Did hand, you find out the first episode. <laughs> <laughs> on the other bad. hand i didn't know that part <laughs> but still watch it even huh? i think you like it I that's like not it. usually a reason for me to not watch something yeah. it's like well i did oh, i yeah, wish yeah. i didn't know this but <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, it's really not much of a spoiler like you you do find this out very early on quickly yeah yeah uh jason wants to know um do you have any new, uh, anything new on the horizon that you're working on? I'm doing a lot of writing right now. I do have a movie that I'm going to be filming in May, but it's not a horror movie. I am playing a woman who's a bit dissatisfied with her marriage and gets her husband to agree to just something. I'm not in the role yet. It's like, I have to figure <laughs> out how am I going to get into this position to agree with this thing that she gets her husband to do? <laughs> It's just awful what she gets him to agree to, but it's going to make for very entertaining cinema. And then 
before then, I'm doing a lot of writing. I'm writing screenplays for someone else. I'm working on my two shorts. And then I'm writing a memoir for somebody else. And I am working on revisions for my, no- for my second novel. Oh, wow. Whoa. Um, what's the difference between, uh, between writing a narrative novel and writing a screenplay? Lots of words. <laughs> There's all that, you know, you get internal dialogue with the novel. You get a lot more with regard to stage directions. You get to explain what the setting is like. You just need blueprint ideas in a screenplay. You just, you get a line here, a line here, a line here, not overly descriptive prose that brings you into the mood. If you're really skilled, you can pull mood into your verb choices, but you still don't have really long lush sentences that you get to play with. Mm-hmm. And you, you don't worry about sentence structure so much on a screenplay. If you have the exact same type of sentence, the same length over and over again in a novel, it's boring, even if what's happening is cool. But on a screenplay, you just need this happens, this happens, this happens. Let the people who are directing it and filming it know and the actors know what they need to know so that they can collaborate with your words and create the movie. Is it hard to, to go back and forth? Like uh, I would assume maybe it you're is. in your mindset of doing one and then you have to go back to the other. I, I can definitely see in my first drafts, it's like, Oh, this was a transition period. I don't have enough information here in my book or wow. I have completely overwritten the action lines <laughs> in this and I need to cut, 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 cut on the script. So yes, I definitely, I have a, a moment, but that's why you revise, right? Right. You don't give your first draft to anyone. That's between you and God. <laughs> well, I have seen the biggest complaint about Midnight Mass, which doesn't uh, affect, it doesn't bother me, is a lot of people say there's too much dialogue, it's too much monologue. But I like that if it's good. So. Yeah, if the, the dialogue is good, then it shouldn't matter how long it is. Right. Yeah. Uh, RSJ Book Lovers Convention. Uh, how did you learn screenplay writing? Well, I read so many scripts that I did know what a good one looked like and what a bad one looked like. You know, it's, when you're just starting out, sometimes you get things and you're going, do I want to work with these people? They can't, <laughs> like, this is not a script, you know? <laughs> yeah. And then you get the pleasure of working with someone like Brain Puddle and you're like, oh, thank you. This, this is art. This is what this is supposed to be. And you learn from working with other people who are better than you. There are screenplay books. You take screenplay classes. So a combination of all of these things, but it starts with reading scripts. If you're not reading scripts, it doesn't matter how many books you read or how many classes you take. You're not really going to get the right feel for it. Just like if you're an author, you better be reading. Mm -hmm. And even if you're not an actor today, I mean, it's easy to, you can find a lot of scripts out there. Yeah. I don't mean as an actor. I mean, if you are planning to write scripts, you need to be reading scripts. And uh, I want to bring up uh, Hell's Coming for You, which uh, is coming out soon. That was was filmed in Vegas, right? Yes. That was a very different role for me to play. What role are you in uh, Hell's Coming for You? She's a bit of a victim. Okay. Or at least she starts out that way. (laughs) And I remember talking to the writers and the director saying, you know, she doesn't change she doesn't change she doesn't do anything and at no point does she ever stand up for herself and they were completely open to changing 
the script. Oh, that's interesting. To make it a more, give her more of an arc. And I'm very grateful that they were open to it for one, because some people would be like, yeah, we wrote this. You just read the words. (laughs) But no, they were collaborators. And I think it's going to make for a much better story. That's very cool. I like to hear that because like you said, it's uh, in my mind, a lot of people would be closed minded, but if it helps, if it helps the whole project, why not listen to someone? Exactly. But as writers, our words are so precious to us. You know, (laughs) we get so precious about our words. Yeah. But if you are a good artist, you understand collaboration and you're open to other people's ideas to improve your art. Uh, Is there a big uh, film community in Vegas? Yeah, there is. And it's an underappreciated one. <laughs> Julie Hapney. I remember Julie Hapney is a, is a uh, makeup artist in Vegas and she's very cool. So uh, I don't know if you've ever worked with her, but hopefully you guys uh, do it sometime down the road because she does a lot of very cool makeup and she likes cats. So. Oh, well, meow. <laughs> so yeah, it would all work out. <laughs> but uh, so did you, did you live in Vegas prior to making movies or did you go there for the yes. movies? I grew up in Vegas. I, I wasn't born oh, here, but I yeah. was raised here essentially. So I assume you don't go to a lot of casinos if you're from the area. No. <laughs> Our mom will <laughs> be out Unless I Vegas. absolutely have to, and I usually don't. Our mom will be going to Vegas next month, but uh, that's for, yeah. for, for, the, for the casino. But she just goes every year. So uh marcia miller says hello it's very nice tell her meow (laughs) so how can people follow you to see what you're up to well the best way to follow what i'm doing is to sign up for my newsletter because i put out every month what i worked on last month where you can find you know podcasts like this or what is coming up so that they can mark it on their calendar i have a section at the end that says my specific events And I I do it monthly, religiously now. I used to be terrible at it, but I've made a point to do it. It it should come out between the first and the third of every month. Very cool. But you can also follow me on social media. I have a website, which is MsTanyaTodd.com. I'm at MsTanyaTodd on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And oh, did you want to mention about your uh, podcast, 52 Love Podcast? Oh, and then there is the 52 Love Podcast, yeah. which is, that's 52 love lessons in 52 weeks. Not a lot of horror there. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> well, the point is to improve intimacy. <laughs> right, right. I hope it doesn't become a horrific experience. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> we shouldn't, you know, we don't kink shame. So, you know, if somebody, that's their thing. Well, that wouldn't be horror, though. It would well, be something you enjoy. True, true. Good point, yeah. Now, if you want to create a horror experience, we do have a role-playing episode. <laughs> All right, I like, I like. Try to get his uh his pinhead costume out. Yeah. Right. Yeah, definitely <laughs> no kink shaming, but I don't All consider right, good, horror good, good, good. kink. I think <laughs> that's perfect. Then it's the way of life. Isn't that every day? <laughs> <laughs> well, very cool. This has been very fun to talk with you. Oh yes. Thank you. You too as well. Yeah, it'd be cool to do this again sometime. 
Yeah, so maybe when something actually is out in the world to share, right? (laughs) Not just all these teasers, all these secret links, you know? (laughs) Well, you can watch it, but the world can't watch it. Hey, you're privy to the information. So, very good. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing seeing, uh, more from you. And and, uh, it was very nice to meet you. And thanks, uh, Trista, for setting this up. Yes, Yes. thank you. Thank you very much for having me on the show. Yeah. Have a pleasure. Yes. And thanks everyone for watching. All right. Yes. Good night, Don't everybody. Yeah. Bye, night, everyone. Everybody. <laughs> oh, by the way, right after this uh, is coming up here on the same uh, YouTube. It's a uh, uh, Neil and Annabelle's dinner and a movie episode where uh, me and Annabelle we reviewed Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2022, which is on Netflix. So that'll okay. that'll just start right after this. So, all right. Goodbye. Have fun. Good night. Bye. Thank you. Thank you.